1: Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jalen Brown affected the shot. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this defense, I am crushing on this defense. <laughs> uh, I am loving it. This is the best defensive team in the league. They are tough to get good shots on. All right, welcome into to WEI Late Night. I'm Mark Dondero with you until midnight. That was Stan Van Gundy. During the Celtics broadcast last night, and their win over the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, Brooklyn Nets, somewhat undermanned, to say the least. But the Celtics, another good win. Uh, predictably, I should have bet the game. Good win for the Celtics. Jason Tatum, I think, led all scores with 30. Um, Stan Van Gundy, brother of Jeff Van Gundy, who once upon a time famously said that the, the, the Celtics, uh, what was it, game four of the 2008 NBA Finals, the game was over. Out in L.A., game was over. Lakers they were they were curve stopping the Celtics in that game early on declared the game over um Mike Breen begged them not to do it he did it anyway and the Celtics came back and famously won so I appreciate what Stan Van had to say about the Celtics defense because that is a noteworthy development the Celtics defense is really good now okay they are playing Elite NBA defense and I love it okay and I do think that the fact the Celtics defense is playing this well is real. You know, I don't think I associate that with fool's gold because what I've been trying to do is determine whether or not this Celtics team that's been having all the success is for real. Are they for real? Win streaks, crushing teams, wire-to-wire victories, you know, skyrocketing up the Eastern Conference standings. Are they for real? and the answer as unattractive as it is is sort of because i think there are aspects to this these developments that are real okay but the problem is we can't say for sure based on where they are in the schedule who they've played the situation in terms of what they've done in the playoffs in recent years with Tatum with Brown You know, their entire resume and body of work. We cannot sit here and just declare them for real. We can't do it. As promising as it's been, we can't do it. And I am glad that Stan Van Gundy is crushing on their defense. So am I. I love their defense. I love the tenacity. You know, I do think there's an element of defense win championships. But more importantly, okay, more importantly, my big takeaway about the Celtics defense and this new narrative that we're sort of I don't know digesting is I think that that development could be at the foundation of the change in the culture that we needed to see from this team. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case for real. But it could be. That is why I am most optimistic That's what makes me feel the best. This team, to me, hasn't had a talent problem. Now, I know their bench is thin. You know, you're rolling with seven guys, maybe eight if you like Grant Williams. I like Grant Williams, whatever. We'll call it eight. They have a thin bench. They could use some more veteran production, some shooting, you know, all those things. Do I think that's why they've been held back in recent years and haven't achieved their true potential? No. No, but it's been a part of it. Imei Udoka doesn't trust the bench in full. You know, especially right now with how the starters are playing, the bench needs to be better. But that's not my concern. My concern overall has been the culture of this team. Specifically, Jason Tatum and what he has done to really make this team kind of with his personality, if you will. That's been my concern. Are they gritty enough late in games? Do they... Are they tough enough? Are they mentally tough enough? Do they have any metal? Can they overcome adversity? You know, all things that good teams, that championship-level teams do. Can the Celtics do that? It's not a talent problem. It hasn't been a talent problem for me. It's been a culture problem, a philosophy problem. And I think this development with their defense and you got the National Basketball Association and everybody essentially associated with it taking notice, I think that could be at the foundation for the culture change that this organization and specifically its best players have been yearning for and desperately need. Because whatever they were doing wasn't working. Losing games late in the fourth quarter, down the stretch, blowing leads, not being able to come back. Being viewed as dribble, dribble, shoot, soft, one-on-one, hero ball, jacking up shots. Not the culture that this team wants to have. And not a culture or a philosophy that was working. Maybe, though, this defensive thing that we're talking about can be at the beginning, at the foundation of the turnaround that is necessary to turn this team into a, a bunch of, you know, talented guys, a talented couple players here, a couple stars, to a team that has some talent, that also has some metal, that also can win latent games, that has a knack for finding a way to win, that has an ability to win big games in the playoffs and ultimately series. hard nose, tough defense. I view as an avenue to do those things to becoming mentally tougher to hardening your core all those all those aspects to a championship team we'll see because like I said there are aspects to this that aren't real you know who they've played I sort of view the the NBA as as a country club you know especially nowadays guys don't play every game load management, you know, it's like I view it almost as a country club. It's guys come in and out. You know, sometimes guys are in there smoking cigars. Sometimes they're in there playing and grinding out 18 holes, playing a bunch of golf in a week, going in just for the social aspect. That's the NBA. Sometimes teams are playing hard. Oh, sometimes they go through a stretch where guys are injured and they don't play their starters for – a few different games, and they can never get on the court, the starting five at the same time. The Celtics have been guilty of this, whether it's injury or whatever. Sometimes you can't all get on the court at the same time. But come the playoffs, all those teams, no matter where they are in the standings, we've seen it before, LeBron, the Cavs, different things. They weren't the one seed, but you knew what the best team was. You know, when Masters Week arrives, all the best players show up. So that's great if you can, you know, Go to Augusta National, Rory McElroy, and shoot 63 a couple times in February and have a great week of prep in February. That's good. But what happens during the Masters when all the best players are there and everybody's fully engaged? That's sort of the Celtics to me. You know, when the, when the Celtics are playing well in February and going on a nine-game win streak, that's good. It's good. It's not useless. But who you playing – Why are you having this win streak? Are you playing teams that are undermanned? Are teams, especially teams that have won and have history in the playoffs, are they going through the dog days of the NBA season? Maybe not as engaged. Maybe not as into the games. That's the NBA for better or worse. That's the NBA. So I'm going to wait and see. But I do think the fact that the Celtics are playing great defense means something to me. That is not nothing. I think the confidence they developed during this stretch of play is real. I do not think that's nothing. I think that is something that they will take forward, and that's going to be with them the rest of this year. I think that's going to benefit them, specifically the top guys. Okay, I think they're starting to develop a belief that they're going to win games. Now, can they take a punch? Can they have some adversity come their way and find a way to fight through it and then win games even in the midst of adversity? We'll find out, especially against good teams, especially late in games when they get down or something bad happens with six minutes to go in the fourth. But I do think the confidence they're gaining through this quality play that we're seeing will benefit them there. Will it take them all the way? I don't know. We'll have to wait and watch. But I do think that's not nothing. And obviously the production that we're seeing from their starting five is real. I mean, I love it. I mean, it's, this is, I mean, a few months ago, I was literally turning on the Celtics to watch how they were going to lose that night. And it was great theater. I mean, I was seriously entertained for about two weeks there, just watching how they were going to lose. How are they going to lose tonight? I tweeted about it one time, and then they went out and they blew a, a huge lead and lost again. I mean, it was comical. But some of these stats that you can get, uh, that you'll come across on the Celtics are eye-opening. The Boston Celtics have the best net rating by an Eastern Conference team this season at 5.8. Since December 1st, the Celtics have the best defensive rating by a team with a 106.3 rating. Since January 1st, the Celtics have the highest point differential by a team with a 310 point differential. I mean, these are real. Now, do stats lie? Oh, yeah. Stats lie all the time. Since December 1st, the Celtics have allowed the lowest field goal percentage by a team 42.6%. That's not nothing. Now, who are they playing? What teams are they playing? How many good quality players are they going up against Every Those are all questions that we can dissect. But those stats aren't nothing. Stats lie, you know? Stats lie. But those are nothing. I just, you know, it's worth being excited about the Celtics. And I have raised the bar. Um, The problem was it it plummeted so far down, we weren't in a position um, to raise the bar all that high. Now... I feel like if the Celtics are able to win a playoff series, this is where my bar is. If they can win a playoff series, I'm drinking beers because that's based on where they were when I was watching just to see how they lose. Now, that's a much better scenario. I'm not going to go further than that right now, but I'm going to give them credit. You're damn right I'm going to give them credit. Okay, the stock on Ime Udoka is up. It's rising. I actually heard somebody say the other day, Coach of the now I'm not going that far. I mean, that was wild times. You know, that's like shirt off, dancing on top of a table at age 49. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Um, the, the beginning of the season was so bad, though. I, I don't know of a coach of the year, but we'll, we'll wait and see. He has certainly found something, and he operates with some conviction. Okay, I like that he has a pecking order. I like that guys know their role. I like that he wants Jason Tatum to take it to the basket at the end of the games. Okay, I'm giving this guy a chance. Even when they were struggling, it was way too early, way too premature. I'm giving this man a chance because they're playing better now, and we'll see what happens. Plus five thousand for coach of the year on DraftKings, Ime Udoka. I you know what? Hot damn, i take it. Why not? Especially when you look around the league. Try to identify. Now, I didn't do this. We can do this exercise later during the break. I don't know what other Coach of the Year candidates are out there. Going through it in my mind, I guess. You know, could you put Steve Kerr there, I guess, maybe? Monty Williams of the Suns is the heavy favorite, minus 250. Okay. The only thing about that, though, I know he probably hasn't won it, but the Suns have been good. And is it a big shock that they're playing well and having a, you know, I think we knew what they were. Um, The Celtics turnaround, if they keep it going, we'll see where they are. You know, Coach Spo, Eric Spolstra, I don't know if he's Coach of the Year. I don't know. Um, I have to look at it harder. I didn't look at that. But you could, I mean, if the Celtics keep trending the way they're trending. That gets interesting to me. That gets interesting to me. And I've, I'm, I'm excited as to where this team will go. When we get back, I want to ask a question about why this team maybe has taken so long and where this culture came from. I want to get to that and where the Celtics could be headed Uh, On the other side of the break, let's get a trending. This is W.E.E.I. Late Night.
2: Marloni
0: and Fourier, weekdays 2 to 6. Now, here's what's trending
1: on W.E.E.I. Trending now on W.E.I. and WEI.com. Those are Those aforementioned Celtics. They've won 10 of their last 11 after dismantling the Nets 129-106 on Thursday night. The Celtics are in Detroit for a date with the Pistons tomorrow afternoon. It's a noon tip-off, so that's a little weird. But the seas—they fell to Detroit last time, one one twelve to one eleven in the final game before the break. Uh, the Bruins will look for a thir- their third straight win Saturday night when they visit the Sharks. The black and gold top the Kraken three to two in overtime on Thursday night. Andrew Marshan of the New York Post reporting that both Fox and Amazon will call Tom Brady about a possible broadcasting game. Fox lo- lost Troy Aikman to ESPN just recently, and the Revs open up their twenty twenty two. Season tomorrow night, they'll be out west to visit the Portland Timbers. That's what's trending now on WEI and WEI.com. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
2: You're listening to WEEI Late
1: Night. On WEEI.
0: WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
2: We're having a lot more fun um, knowing how we go and play and you know, how we should be playing night in and night out. Really, just trying to build off that from game to game, um, and and having fun while doing it. Man, I, obviously, you know, stopping people and, and consistently being connected on the defensive end and showing multiple efforts. And I think just the way we're moving the ball, um, everybody's touching it, everybody getting opportunities, and it, it shows how much tougher we are to guard when we play that way. That
1: was Jason Tate. I'm talking about the Celtics and the culture. 617 779 7937. Um, that's ex- this makes me feel good. Okay. Now, I guess this didn't make me feel as good because Steve Bolpet on heavy.com, I believe it was, had an article earlier today. I saw it. Okay. And it was about the Celtics. And he was going back to the Kyrie Irving days. Um, you know, and I, you know, now that Justin just played that sound about having fun, I, I you know, I didn't put these two together, but thinking about it, the Kyrie Irving era was not fun. I don't know who was having fun there, okay? I wasn't having fun. I don't know if the Celtics were having fun. Was Jalen Brown having fun? Didn't look like a lot of fun. So, I, you know, I this article, basically the to sum it up, Steve Bulpett reporting that while here for a limited time, Kyrie Irving did, in fact, try to recruit Anthony Davis to the Celtics. There were talks. They were talking. He brought it up at least once. Come to Boston. A lot of people thought Davis would have been open to it had Kyrie Irving continued to recruit him. The problem was something happened. There was some sort of falling out, according to Bulpett and his source, and that derailed the Davis Talks between Irving and Davis about coming to the Celtics. And his theory is that it became known in NBA circles that Kevin Durant was not, in fact, going to stay in Golden State. And maybe that's when we find ourselves at that 2019 All-Star game. In the tunnel, Durant, Irving talking, you know, to max Slatz or whatever he said on that video. You can see him gesturing. That is the theory. Because it went from, you know, October 2018... The season ticket holders at the garden, Kyrie Irving talking about he's gonna be there, he'd like to resign, if you'll have him, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a few months later, February 2019, he goes, I, you know, I don't they asked him if he was gonna still resign. He said, Ask me on July first. I don't know anybody bleep. Okay. So I'm what the way I started to think after reading the article and now after hearing the sound that Justin just played, is I'm wondering, you know, these guys are young. Kyrie Irving, he was on the Celtics. Jason Tatum, young player. Jalen Brown, young player. I'm wondering if this, the frustrating Celtics that we've seen over the last few years in some of the Celtics teams without Kyrie Irving, but with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, that have had trouble dealing with adversity, that have had trouble at the end of games, that have been a lot of offense and a lot of, you know, dribbling and jacking up shots and just trying to go into the bag and show out offensively and do it that way. I know I, I mean, I brought it up. We've heard it. A lot of people bring up, oh, he used to work with, you know, Jason Tatum was working with Kobe Bryant. Now he's trying to be Kobe Bryant. And that's, you know, he's sort of, He's taking all of Kobe's, um, you know, the offensive side of Kobe, but none of the other side. The killer, the stone-cold, cold-blooded killer, Kobe Bryant. And I'm wondering if it wasn't Kobe Bryant. It was Kyrie Irving. I don't know. And it's really not worth, you know, doing an analysis and going deep into a study on that right now. I'm just wondering. Just because Steve wrote about it today. Was this, did this come about? Is this because of Kyrie Irving? Is that how this culture initially got established? Think about it. Kyrie Irving. Great offensive game. I mean, in terms of offensive skills, I know their style of play is different. But in terms of offensive skill, he's basically Kobe Bryant without the Mamba part. Both of them wildly talented offensively. Different types of game. Kobe, obviously, bigger. Irving, better handles. But in terms of just overall offensive skill, I mean, they're both all-timers. It's just Kobe was a killer Mamba work ethic. Maybe not the best teammate, but not in the way that Kyrie Irving isn't a good teammate. And I don't know if the Celtics issues we've seen from a culture and mentality... And sometimes they come off as soft or maddening or whatever. I don't know if that's because initially it was born out of Kyrie Irving's influence, and it was just a thought I had. Here's a quote from um, here's a quote from Steve's article. There was a reason to cast Kyrie as a prophet when the fourth seeded Celtics. Swept Indiana in the first round. He's talking about a quote when Irving at, was asked if the Celtics were in trouble. I'm paraphrasing. If they were in trouble, they had been struggling. Are you in trouble this year when the playoffs come around? And Irving said, no, because they have me. Because the Celtics have me, essentially. But that year, Kyrie Irving's last year, they swept the Pacers. One game, one over the Bucks in the playoffs in that second round. Big. And then they lost the rest of the, they lost the next four. Gentlemen sweep at the hands of the Bucs, and that was that. But as, this is the the quote continuing. As soon as the first hint of adversity appeared in the next meeting, that's game two in Milwaukee in that playoff series, the Celts checked out. They did not win another game on their way to summer vacation. It That sounds like what we've been dealing with for a long time here post Kyrie Irving. When it's all working and the shots are falling, it's all good. Indiana series, game one, everything's good. They're winning wire to wire, big blowouts. And then all of a sudden, a little adversity hits, and guess what? There they go. It, it goes all downhill, and they, they lose the next four, and they're in summer vacation mode. I'm just wondering if the initial influence of Kyrie Irving helped set the tone for the Boston Celtics under Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Because that sounds a lot like what we've dealt with up until, I don't know, a few weeks ago. Month ago. But the fact that Jason Tatum thinks they're having fun, feels like they're having fun, that makes me feel good. That's a big part of it. Having fun, playing together, you reference. I mean, why should I not be sky high right now? The Celtics are they are winning. Jason Tatum is going on podcast talking about staying here and keeping him and, and Brown together so they can go and move forward together here in the future. Ime Udoka is on fire. The Eastern Conference does not look as strong as it did. I mean, I'm on I'm sky high right now. Let's go. Now, I don't ultimately care whether or not that was Kyrie Irving's influence. If you think Anthony Davis coming here, um, you know, that was a big miss that they didn't get him, I guess, yeah. I mean, if they could have gotten him without trading a bunch of people, I just don't think they would have been able to do that. Do you remember what the Lakers traded to the Pelicans for Anthony Davis? Uh, It was like the whole thing. It was the whole team. So I, you know, that doesn't make me if if the if the Celtics are gonna have to give up Marcus Smart, Jalen, all these, I wouldn't have really cared for that deal, um, because you'd still have Kyrie Irving running the show in terms of the culture. We've seen what the culture has become in New York with Brooklyn. We saw what the culture was here. I don't think that was gonna do much. So there's my two cents on that. I think the Celtics actually caught a break in the long run, especially now you look at what's going on with the Lakers. Davis did help them to a championship in the bubble alongside LeBron James. So that helped. He helped into that championship, but now he's injured, and, and the team's an absolute mess out there. And he's not a very good leader. So I wouldn't have loved that. I'm probably just as happy to be where they are right now. But I do think the last thing I was just going to say that was mentioned in that article from Steve pet he does put some of the blame on um, for Kyrie Irving's desire to leave on Brad Stevens. It says Irving likes Stevens, but he didn't know how to deal with superstars, meaning him. So he didn't like the way that Irving... All right, check that. Irving didn't like the way Brad Stevens handled Kyrie Irving. Thought he should have been featured more. Didn't think he should spend as much time developing the young guys. And that was a big reason, according to Bullpett, why Irving wanted to leave. So I think Kyrie Irving leaving, I think, works out for the best. Anytime he leaves, that's working out for the best, in my mind. So we'll see where this goes. But I am high on the Celtics. However, you cannot say that they're there, that they're where we wanted them to always be, that they're back, that this is real. We have too, There are still too many unknowns out there. Witness the New England Patriots. Stats lie, and just because things look good doesn't mean they are good. That's the reality, and I know that sucks. Nobody wants to hear that, but that's the reality because the Patriots, if you recall, won how many games in a row? Seven? And what would we say? I know what I said. At the time they were winning, I was saying, hey, why don't you see what happens when they get down in a game? Or when they can't play on schedule and they have to throw it and the other team's defense knows they have to throw it, what happens then? Or what happens when they play a better team? Or what happens when this seven-game win streak ends, they face a a little adversity, get knocked off their spot, and have to bounce back? What happens then? Well, we saw what happened. And it wasn't good. Okay, it wasn't good. They were exposed late in the year. Really, in the way we were all afraid they were going to be. 617-779-7937 is the phone number. Now, there are things about the Celtics I like more than the Patriots. Um, For one, I think they have more high-end talent. When you, you know, look across their respective leagues, I don't think the Patriots have a Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown combination. We'll see next year. I know they had Matt Judon, J.C. Jackson, two of the best defenders in the league for a period of time. Last year, especially early on. You know, Matt Judon went AWOL late in the year. But the Celtics have, have dudes, and they're feeling it right now they're finding ways to win they're finding ways to dominate really they're dominating teams the patriots were doing a little bit of that too so you can say it is applicable and we've seen the fact that the you know the new england patriots they didn't just you know struggle when it got real in the playoffs they went they torpedoed down So you can't tell me that that's not on the table for the Celtics that they'll revert back to doing some of the things that they have been doing because that is still a possibility. There are no guarantees. There are no guaranteed wins. Everything is on the table for the Celtics. I'm just telling you their defensive improvement is real. The production they're getting from their starting five is real, and the confidence they have built to this point is, Is real. That's not fool's gold. Okay, what might be is when they, you know, they could go into a series with the Brooklyn Nets with a bunch of confidence. And it could help them. They could win some games. They could have a few games where they're playing well. And maybe they don't win wire to wire necessarily, but they're playing well and they, you know, they're in the game the whole way or they're in command the whole way. Might not be a blowout, but they're in command they end up winning. But what happens in the playoffs when they get hit, when they get knocked off their spot? Can they do that? Can they win that game? What happens when they get into the playoffs, when they get down the stretch of the regular season against a good team or against the Nets when Irving's back and Simmons is playing and Durant's back and it's late in the fourth quarter and you need a stop and then you don't get one or you need a bucket and you can't get one? and oh we lost again in that situation and then you're playing a good team the other night the next night and your shots aren't falling and you get down and you try to battle back and then it's close again in the fourth quarter and you can't find a way to finish them off what happens then don't be a front runner you know that's still a possibility they could be a front running team but I do think they're due. I do think they're due to take a step that we've been waiting for them to take. And I think when you combine the three things that are working in their favor right now that I just mentioned, I think that's on the table. You know, I said that the the Patriots didn't have the, uh, maybe the on-field, on-court talent the Celtics have, but they have the better coach. So that should have, Evened it out a little bit. The coach shouldn't have let. I mean, the coach shouldn't have let that. Bye week. Result in four straight losses. You know what happened during the bye week. That was no good. We're still trying to figure out what happened then. Because after that game. Against Buffalo. When you ran it all night and it was windy. You were never the same. Okay, so I'm trying to avoid that scenario for the Celtics. And you know we're getting close. It's not the I mean the All-Star break just happened. They have time, there's a lot more regular season to go, but we're in the second half of the of the year and this is a team that's playing their best basketball now. Is it peaking too early? Well, I don't care. <laughs> because they were playing so poorly and it was such a disaster. I don't care when they peak. Just peak. And we'll figure out the rest later. I, You know, there are teams in the East that still scare me. The Bucs still scare me. A full-strength Nets team scares me. The Heat scare me. There are other teams in the East that I don't think the Celtics would have an easy time with, even though they should. But this team has found something, and it's real. And they are going to ride that as long as they can. And, you know, with the talent they have, I think they could find a way to get into a position that makes us forget real quick about how this season started. Because this Celtics team, they're raising the bar. And if they can find a way to battle back and make the playoffs and win a playoff series... You know, are not going to go too far here. But it would be one of the more impressive runs that they would go on. You know, and it would feel more real than some of the other ones, honestly. And I don't want to, you know, I know people love the guy. I love the guy. But this would feel, I, just because the Celtics have had good runs in the past, Isaiah Thomas, you knew that wasn't real. This, I feel like, could be the beginning of something because you have the foundational pieces in place. You have two of the better, younger players in the league that appear to want to be here. And with that, that is more significant than Isaiah Thomas going all IT time and you know, coming up big in the fourth quarter and taking a team to the Eastern Conference Finals, even though we all knew that they had no chance to win. It's just not the same. And I think this development, as fun as IT was in those years, 2015, 2016, you know, whenever he was here, that development that we're watching unfold right now, the Celtics finding ways to gain confidence, to have fun, to win games, go on long win streaks, if they can even bounce back and win one playoff series, that would be more significant to me than Isaiah Thomas having a little fun run to the Eastern Conference Finals that you knew was going to end in a, in a loss. This is more, this is bigger, this is noteworthy. Because this would be at the foundation of taking the next step. And I do think based on their age and their games and their size... Tatum and Brown are real. I think they could be one of the best duos in the NBA by the time this is all said and done. The question will be mentally, are they where they need to be to take this team to where it wants to go? Do you have that in you where you're able to do that? That's what I want to know, and that's what I'll be waiting to see as they go down the stretch here. Can they do it? But they're having fun. They're playing well. They're fun to watch. They have confidence. They go into every game believing they're going to win. That's huge. They're totally overshadowing what the Providence Friars are doing. No, I'm just kidding. This region doesn't really care for college basketball much. um. But it's exciting, and we'll see how this goes. Um, when we get back... Got a couple other thoughts. Um, I want to get I'm gonna mention something about the Bruins at one point. We're also gonna I, I want to also mention we have a new segment on the show here when I'm hosting late night, okay? It's called Random Ask Emails. Send me an email. Any question you want, any topic can be random, sports, whatever you want. Mark.dondero at WEEI.com. Mark.Dondero at WEI.com. Send me the email. Put in the subject. Random ask. And ask me some questions. We're going to answer some questions later. Um, when we get back, I'm going to make a quick comment on, there was something in the, was it the Globe today? The Her- I forget where I saw it. About Fenway Park. And apparently, the new ownership group, doesn't have big plans for Fenway Park. They're going to sit on it. They're going to just let it ride. I have a comment on their decision and this ownership group specifically. That isn't discussed nearly enough in this market, in this city, anywhere in this region. We're going to get to that next. This is the Mark. uh, This is WEI Late Night, and I'm Mark Dundere.
2: If your day sounds like.
1: We need the report ASAP.
2: You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through, you deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame, right.
0: two more rips, two more.
2: You deserve this ice cold reward. Madela, the Markable Fighter. Drink
1: responsibly, beer imported by Crowley Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now
2: back to it, W.E.E.I. Late Night and streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app.
1: All right, back here on Wei Late Night. I'm Mark Dondero with you until 12 midnight. 617-779-7937 if you want to jump in. Um, okay, so today, or was it yesterday? Over the last few days, uh, Red Sox COO Jonathan Jalula Told The Athletic, quote, on Fenway Park, there has never been a discussion of playing anywhere else. We don't view Fenway Park as a place that has an expiration date, close quote. Okay, so my quick take on that. I think the Red Sox should get a new ballpark. I love Fenway Park. I love the smell. I love the history. I love Fenway Park. But, you know, let's be realistic here. It's it's old. You know, get a new one. Get some, Upgrade it. Get a new one. Build a new one. Find a new one upgrade some amenities, put a sports book in there. You know, somebody call the governor, put a sports book in there, do something like that. Make it nicer. You know, now I don't like everything about the new Yankee Stadium. Uh, I certainly don't like the fact that a lot of the times I see nobody in the seats behind home plate. Don't have that. But, I, you know, take some of what you see in the new Yankee Stadium or around the MLB. I don't think that's the correct way to say it, but around Major League Baseball. And you know, find some other ballparks and amenities, and and you you know upgrade. It's time. It's been a hundred and something years. It's time. So that's my quick take on that. But I was I just wanted to parlay that thought into something else because people are going to read this, and the first place they're going to go is they're going to blame the owners. Oh, that idiot, that boob, John Henry. John Henry's not very well liked. For whatever reason, you know, you can have your opinions. And I'm not saying he's the most likable guy. You know, I don't know. Like, he, he does come off as sort of a stiff. Um, I, I've obviously never met. I don't know what, anything about him personally. I just, he, he has that persona to him, and I get it. But what I'm going to say is, this has never, ever made sense to me. Ever. John Henry for whatever reason, like I just said, is not held up and put on a pedestal the way I believe he should be. Okay? Because this guy is... All he's done, and I've said this before, but all this guy has done is win championships here in Boston with the Boston Red Sox, an organization that was cursed and was starving. For 86 years, that's all this guy has done. We hold up Bill Belichick on a pedestal, the GOAT. I think, call me crazy, go ahead. I think John Henry should be in that exact same room, class, however you want to categorize it, with Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. He should be right there with them. Now, I know they built something unprecedented in Foxborough. They drafted Tom Brady. Robert Kraft hired Bill Belichick. I get it. Six titles. Henry won four. Henry won four with how many different managers? Three? Three different managers. Three different general managers. Different star players. David Ortiz wasn't here in 2018. Manny Ramirez wasn't here in 2013. Pedro Martinez wasn't here in 2007. The only constant that entire time has been ownership of the Boston Red Sox. Yet they're vilified. They're, you know, they are looked at in a negative light where Kraft, Belichick, legends. I mean, Bill, in Bill We Trust, you can't say. There are so many people. Go on Twitter. There are so many blinded, you know, followers of Bill Bell. He can do no wrong. Where are those people for John Henry? John Henry, okay, came in here. And as early as, what was it, 2002, he offered Billy Bean a job? I think he has done such a fantastic job of marrying Big market spending with small market analytics. He has employed both of those strategies beautifully. And as a result, the Red Sox have won four World Series. But he's looked at as an incompetent boob who's more interested in soccer. I don't get it. He should be on the same level, the same level as Belichick and Kraft. Especially Kraft. As owners. I will never understand that. And maybe I just don't know him well enough, haven't read enough about him. I don't know. But that what that guy has accomplished since he took over and since that ownership group took over is ridiculous and should be celebrated more than it is, especially when you juxtapose that to Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft. They can do no wrong. I mean, for crying out loud, I know football is king. I get it. Okay? But they could do damn, uh, how many damn documentaries are going to come out on the Patriots? We got another one coming. Now, I love Patriots porn. I do. I love it. But how many of these do we need? I mean, what more is there to say? I'll watch every second of it. But what more is there to say? Where are the Red Sox ones? Again, I get it. You know, football's king. Nationally, nobody's really going to care. But, okay, this guy, John Henry specifically, since he's been here, they just win. They've won. Even last year. I mean, they're, they're the most successful team. Last year, they were up 2-1, I think, in the, in the ALCS. Wasn't it 2-1? to one? Can you remind me, Justin, did they go up 2-1 when Kyle from Waltham hit that home run? I believe it It was 2-1. Yes, two, it, was. it was. I think it was 2-1. We were yeah, all feeling good. We all thought they were going to do it. They thought we were going to the World Series. I mean, that was just like You forget. By the way, not only that, you want to talk about the Celtics. How bad were the Red Sox? I completely forgot about this. Weren't they awful last year for a huge, long stretch? There's your comp. Now, the Red Sox, you know, a different type of team. They didn't have the MO of the Celtics and some of the big picture issues. But I mean, they were awful for stretches last year. Everybody was jumping off the bandwagon, not me. Go to Twitter. But every there were a lot of people that jumped that thought it was over, that there was a disgusting, little bit different trajectories. Red Sox were playing well early. Correct me if I'm wrong. Weren't they playing well early in the season? Playing well early. Then it was what? The all-star break or something? And then they just plummeted. And they just fell off. And then they came back. That's what happened. I don't even remember baseball so far off my radar right now because of the... But we got to talk about if they're going to get rid of the shift or not. You're going to get rid of that shift? So... I just think John Henry deserves more credit. Um, All right, when we get back, I'm going to get back into the Patriots. Eric, who is it? Eric Edholm? Eric Edholm. Yahoo. He joined uh, Mud at Night with Brian Barrett talking about the Patriots, what they're going to do at pick number 21 in the draft. We'll react to a little bit of that, talk some Patriots, and I have a Bruins stock coming up as well. This is the WEI Late Night Show. I'm Mark Dundare.